on last week's Irrevelations. An evil spirit from God came forcefully on Saul. These are two f***ing best buds who just get naked with each other. We've seen it millions of times in the past, you know? The king will only let you marry his daughter if you bring 100 Philistine foreskins to him. I want you to remember that, that Jonathan is telling David, hey, my dad is trying to kill you. And David's like, word. I bet like she... She, like, hit her face against the wall or something, made it look like David hit her. And then they kissed one another and wept together, but not in a gay way. Just a bunch of straight guys getting on the ground together, kissing. Before we turn to the world, I would like to... I can't be a big blessing to people if I'm poor and broke and depressed and I don't feel good about myself. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness. I believe in a literal burning Bible hell just as strongly as I believe in a beautiful heaven. No, no, no. Not God bless America. God damn America. Death in the Bible for killing innocent souls are in hell now burning now. The Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics. Pray this simple prayer. Lord, speak to me. So I guess uh, after this episode drops, there's going to be like, what, like two days left in 2019? That sounds about right. Yeah. You excited? (sighs) Not as much as... For the 20s? Honestly, I was like excited about Y2K. And then I was excited for End of Days 2012. And this decade sure. kind of just seems like if, if there's not an impending collapse and global catastrophe, I'm just not that into it. You, know? you don't think there's going to be a, go- a global collapse uh, in the next couple of days? I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like no, no. I mean, I don't know. Is that too optimistic of a fucking opinion? To think yeah, that? I think it is. <laughs> I think you're being ignorant. You know, there might be some uh, – there might be <laughs> – there might be some fucking global catastrophe right around the corner now. It just seems like it'll come and go. Uh, yeah, there's no, there's this guy that uh, lives on the street, but he works this this corner in my town okay. and has these signs, and he's pretty sure <laughs> uh, we're about to wrap things up. So uh, he, he seems like he like, that guy always seems like he's got like a good head on his shoulders. I I, I trust him. He does. Yeah, he's got it. Yeah, he's got it. There's a there's a guy in our town who's got the um, he's got like a fucking RV. That used to be on the side of the road on I four. That would just be like the end is nigh, the end of days is coming, and like year after year, I keep seeing him out there. I'm like, at this point, get a job, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> You're like, sir, like, it's not yeah, the out. world keeps not ending. At this point, you could have you could have at least put some money away being a greeter at Walmart. I mean, even that would be better than what the fuck you're up to, you know? I don't know. Corporate greeter does not sound. <laughs> I always wondered. I always wondered what I their guess. fucking deal is. What is the point of a doomsday sign? Holder? I thought you were going to say a Walmart greeter. <laughs> well, those guys too. I think they're just. But <laughs> yeah. I think they're there to like intimidate shoplifters, but it doesn't. I steal as much as I want. I'm gonna fuck around. Yeah, that's like one extra victim on the way out the door. That guy fucking sitting there with his Palmia hat. He's not going to outrun me. Yeah. My dad always used to want to talk about being one of those guys as his like retirement option. <laughs> well, we all have dreams, Grant. We all have things yeah. to aspire to. <laughs> but he's not allowed in a Walmart anymore. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. He's just he would just show up with the vest. He's like he's like dressed for the job you want, not the job you have. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, sir, you can't. 
Listen, sir, these children. We, there's no law that prevents you from greeting people, but if you keep saying <laughs> death to Israel, we're not going to... Yeah, it's not going to fly. That's not, that doesn't fly with our corporate mantra, man. You got you to gotta take that shit elsewhere. Well, corporate dystopia is definitely part of our decade, but what let's let's look back real quick. Right. Um we've only been doing the Bible for a tenth of a decade, right? Of the last decade. But I right. still feel like we were one of the we were one of the defining moments of the teens. Right. Yeah. Uh, we're like, for a lot of people. Yeah, we're like we're like um an inverse nine eleven. Like we defined the decade, but uh, like in, a, <laughs> in a good way, you know? In a fun way. Yeah, and we, kinda, yeah. we snuck we, we snuck in uh, at the end there a little bit right um here's here's my big question for you we're 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 we're, if 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 2011 to 2020 is hardcore fucking we're that last little at the end the money shot yeah that's okay so i think that the big question though Mm -hmm. for the decade is do you like where evangelism is going (laughs) (laughs) i think I think I, I wish I could remember when was gay marriage legalized. That's this decade, right? Yeah, that was like, under Obama. I think it was like 2016, 2015. It might have been. It might have been. Yeah, might have been earlier than that, but know. somewhere in there. Um, that was a defining moment for me. I, I'll be honest with you. I actually remember when it happened, ish, because I remember. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember that I actually downloaded the audio from the court trial and played it like in my laboratory for us to listen to. Uh, because it oh, was nice. fucking badass. Because the judge, I, I gotta look this up. I, I didn't think we'd be talking about this, but I, I gotta look it up. But um, you should have known. Yeah, I should know. Because it was badass. Because it was like Indiana uh, was like, we want to ban gay marriage, and then there was one other state. But it was, it was to me, it was the breaking point. It was the breaking point where all these things had been decided by the legislation and the legislation can kind of just be like, Hey, let's vote on it. Do we hate gays? And I was like, yeah, yeah, we hate gays. Let's fucking, let's let's fucking, let's ban them if we can. Yeah. And then it hit that wall where it finally hit a legal challenge and they're like, okay, well now you have to defend this with like thought, reason, logic, and you know, legal pretense. And it just broke. Like they were like, okay, why do you think like Indiana, why do you think gay marriage should be illegal? And they're like, well, I think that uh, it benefits society and the judge was like how how does it benefit society he's like because the family and they're like what like what are you, what are you fucking stupid no why did you come no in here is, to say this shit you know no one's gonna come to your house and make you have a gay marriage yeah like what, what's your point like so you're telling me that it should be illegal for gay couples to adopt children why would we why would that be good and they're like because because um Gay people suck, right? Like we all. We, th- this is what Indiana has decided. Gay people suck. We're on board with this. And Indiana like, has decided. And, that. And, the, and the judge was like, "Well, here's all these children languishing in the foster care, looking for loving families." And you're saying no because why? Like, what's your? <laughs> explain to me. Uh, like, put the scales down and explain to me how outlawing gays outweighs that. They're like, huh? Guess. I, I think they never thought past the protest posters. Yeah, yeah. They're that's like, where they're, they're like, jo- their logic. They're stops. like, why do you think you should do this? They're like, jo- John three sixteen. I don't understand. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're like, bam, it's back. You know, like it was just it, to me, it was the defining moment of of uh, this past decade for me. Was like sort of that kind of. I think when we realized that, like, oh yeah, this has been all bullshit, and there's really no justification for your shitty fucking views, and let's start sure. rolling it back. I think you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, wish I, I still remember uh, one of my favorite T-shirts along those lines of of morality being something you can, you know, emote, 
but it's harder to follow up on whenever you're trying to legislate it. So there was the a T-shirt uh, that said, um, "Be a hero, save the whales, but save a baby and go to jail," which I think is implying that they have a problem with the guy who shot the abortion doctor <laughs> getting put in jail. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, saving whales is all and good, but if you won't shoot an abortion doctor, I mean, <laughs> that's why that's why the term hero is at care? such a high bar. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> you fucking coward. Uh, poor Pensacola. Oh, poor Pensacola. Yeah, poor Florida. Yeah. Poor Florida. Or no, no kidding. Yeah. What a messy place. <laughs> Shit show. I love Pensacola. Um, I remember in this past decade, I think it was, uh, the Pensacola State Senate. I'm just fucking rambling. I don't even remember exactly the details. Of it. I but mean, I remember, I think it was the Pensacola legislation uh, uh-huh. sort of got a challenge from the Church of Satan or the uh, ACLU or something like that. But anyway, the point was is that they were really? they used to have a prayer to start. And the Satanists was like, well, if these fucking idiots uh, slash pedophiles get to do their prayer, then I want to do a prayer too. <laughs> and they're like, well, I, uh, hmm, no, it has to be a Christian prayer. And they're like, no, we'll slap that down to me. And I'm like, fuck, all right. Uh, I guess, I guess do your thing, man. And uh, <laughs> he just goes up there and he's like, let's believe in logic. Let's believe in science. And everyone's like, he's going to fucking curse us. He's trying to kill me. <laughs> Poor Pensacola. It's going to fucking. Hydro kids. Like, oh God, the earth is going to swallow us all up because this guy's telling us to believe in evolution. Fucking get him. To be fair, that did happen many times to Pensacola. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a that's a nice jab for anyone in the Pensacola area. Fuck that city. They do have. I don't. I don't remember that. Man, I don't remember that case happening. Which one? The one you just talked about, Pensacola, or whatever, or what? Satan flying spaghetti monster guy, prayer. or whatever. I'm just gonna Google it. See what comes up. Uh, Crowd disrupts satanic prayer during Pensacola City Council. It's the first thing that comes up. I got the YouTube. <laughs> so the Pensacolites were super against Yeah, that. and oh, I mean, I'm looking at the video, and the guy's wearing like a fucking hub. He looks like Darth Sidious. He just looks <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, that was, uh, that was in 2016. Yeah. So yeah, that's right in there. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and that's Not why we have school shootings, from what I hear from the I, neighbors. No, <laughs> like, I don't. For the local, for the local churches, oh, that might God's be. Yeah, because God's not in school anymore. Now we're having satanic prayer, yeah. and now David Hogg's a thing. I mean, you, you, you can't you can't not connect these dots. It's because we don't have youth pastors picking up chicks in the cafeteria. Yeah, anymore. right, you know. It makes sense. <sighs> yeah. That, I mean, that was... I guess that wasn't man. I was about to say man, that was part of, a big part of my decade, but that was two decades ago. Yeah, we're old as shit. Yeah. We should have done this. You know what else is old as shit? What about the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, before we let's, let's just let's just review the decade. Thumbs up, thumbs okay. down. Do you think we're better Down. off than we were in 2011? I mean, I know we literally are, but I'm going to say no. I mean, I know, like statistically speaking, most things have gotten better, but I don't, I don't think we're I better guess. as a society. It, it does, it does feel. I feel like depression and general existential ennui is at an all-time high. Oh, but oh, yeah. avocado toast, still great. Like I think we're well, we're okay. Here's what I will definitely say: anytime mm-hmm. there's more people than there were before, right. it's worse. That's my <laughs> right. simple. Yeah, we got to work on that. For the situation. I think I think I know we've talked about a Patreon for ironic purposes like uh, billboards yeah. and shit, but we should uh-huh. also get a Patreon that just funds bio research for new diseases. That's uh, <laughs> that's just me, you know. I think They're like, "Well, this a- is a prevention research laboratory." And we're like, "No, no, no. 
No, <laughs> you're no, going no. full. I need attack. I need no. a new anthrax. <laughs> the old ones no good. Okay, well, <laughs> it, and it, so anyway. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I need a newer, better, faster. Give me the so Elon Musk a, of biowarfare. That's what I want. This is the Year Revelations podcast. <laughs> Episode 66, I think, right? Yeah, 6-6. Six, six. We're almost there. We're almost there to like the fucking episode that we got to fucking dab on. Just need to... You mean... You mean another when we're 600, 600 episodes yeah, from yeah. now? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're like less... We're like 10% of the way there. Yeah, yeah. I'm Cole Delusky. And I'm Grant of Voice. And you are listening to the podcast that reads the Bible so that you don't have to. Exactly. Still. Yeah. Still reads the Bible so you still, still don't have it. to. Yeah. Yeah. Still also in the book of 1 Samuel, which I feel like we've really been plotting through. Right, right, right. right. Um, this is dense. Uh, something I want to bring into the new decade is I want us to talk about our podcast the way that priests talk about their own bullshit, where we just talk about how important it is. And how we're just, oh, like, sure. the message we're bringing. Like, I want you to know that the Revelations podcast is important. And yeah. we're bringing hope to dozens. <laughs> I think two dozen. Maybe. Almost, on a good week. There. Those guys are fucking hoped out. They know? are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I hope that they're out there beating up a hobo just to find equilibrium from all the hope we're providing. You know? Ooh, yeah. Our, you mean our dirty dozen? Our yeah. dirty dozen? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, um, kind of like a Charles Manson also say, situation. If we're well, if we're going to do the priest thing, we got to talk about all the bad things that will happen if you if don't. People don't do what we yeah. say. Probably rape, warts. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> whatever those two. You know, probably, okay. probably uh, sexually transmitted diseases from rape. I don't. Okay. If you don't listen <laughs> to this podcast, that's. I don't think that. Uh, um, I don't think that's true. Pack of warts. Benjamites. So. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, so fucking listen up. So, First Samuel chapter twenty-one. Yeah, we're back in the story uh, of David. I'm really, yeah. I'm really enjoying the Bible. I feel like, I feel like the deeper we get in the Bible, the farther we're getting away from like known territory, and we're getting to okay. like myth and legend and and things that I've only kind of tangentially heard of that we're now fleshing out. We're showing a light. We're we're entering. You know, there there was there was a there was areas of the ocean that are like there be monsters, and you get there, and you're like, oh, it's just a fucking eel and idiots. Yeah, like I feel like we're really fleshing out the story of David. We've we've done Goliath, I've done Saul, and now we're kind of getting to this sort of like more of who David is. This is his actual story. You're gonna learn about David and not get raped yeah. if you listen to this episode. That's true, and uh, you know, I think I think this is our first hero since Joseph that got fleshed out like this. Like, yes. Moses mm-hmm. had a long run, but he was always – Moses felt weird to me. Like he was just there as sort of – he is the bun to the hot dog, right? Mm-hmm. The covenant needed to be delivered. Right. He was the delivery device. Right. He doesn't um, really have any agency he was white or bread, thoughts though. or feelings. Yeah. He, he, didn't really, he didn't really have a very human story. He just happened to be there. Some magic bullshit happened. He was like, hey, guys, get some fucking staffs. And then they grew cherry blossoms. Like, all right, now this guy's king. And I just didn't – you know. Yeah, yeah. It was all very uh, well, schematic narrative, right? Developing the basis for the religion. I was going to say. Right? Whereas sure now this is more of like the myth that gives it flavor, right? David is this like uh, above and beyond crazy, larger than life character uh, that, that and beyond making them, establishing who the people are, it's showing how great they can be, I, I would say. Right. I think, I think, 
I'm sure there's some literary scholar that has a more technical jargon to describe. Like, like Moses just seemed Nerd. like a story being told by like the IRS, whereas David's Ooh, yeah. like the story being told by my mom. Where it's just like, and then he got to this village, and they weren't very happy to see him. I'm like, mom, shut the fuck! Like, what? What? <laughs> What does that have to do with my Christmas present? You're like, I'm getting there. And then like five hours later, she's like, yeah. And then my boss didn't want to do this. I'm like, I'll just, I'll just shut the, I'll just, and I'll I hang get a up. bonus yeah. and that's why you don't yeah, get it. Yeah, like great. You know, like the, the story of David is so long. It kind of has all these weird side plots that are, it, it just seems like he's getting so much more face time than any other member of the Bible. Like sure. even Joseph had, who had his own book. It was just kind of like, and then he went to a place and he said these things and he went to this place and said something. So it's, it's, yeah, it's more yeah, of a, yeah. more of a human story. I think. And, then, and showing the opposition he's against, right, with Saul, right. who should have been the good guy. I'm still kind of pissed about that. <laughs> you know what? It, it, this is another tangent. We really got to get in the Bible. But it, it reminds me of like when, to me, it might just also be an evolution of storytelling in general and yeah. what they thought they could get away with. Like, I feel like okay. the story of Adam is just like, hey, these things happened. This is how the earth was formed. Adam had these kids, blah, blah, blah. We don't know anything about Adam's personality. No, we never get inside of his know. head. Sure. Um, yeah. What's his face? Uh, who's the father of all like mankind? Uh, oh, Abraham. 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 Like, Abraham just goes to a place, does some shit, leaves. There's no real... There's no real interaction in people's thoughts and feelings like this guy's making me nervous, so I feel like I had to do these things or all these, these expositions and stuff like that. I, to me, it feels like... Um, this is a tangent, but uh, well, no, it's like it's like I think it's like seeing art. Like we're, you know, Adam was cave paintings, and now we're up to like some early Renaissance stuff. You know, yeah, like now, it's really getting fleshed out, and uh, elements are getting added and stuff like that. Yeah, as storytelling is evolving, so is kind of the stories of the Bible. I think it's kind of yeah, and and the worthwhileness of the characters probably sure. Although again, David is a step back from Saul, who should have been the man. I mean, we could make an argument that as sort of secular morals evolve, so does God. I don't know. You know, like, Ooh, okay. pro- you know what I mean? Like, like, it, yeah, it, well, no, that's true. I think as things get more specific and, you know, for, at first, cause they needed that. And now it's becoming more about like intention and stuff. Like you can, you can like a story where like a man spares a goat, you know, and you're like, Oh, that's kind of, Hmm. Should I, yeah. Is it cool to spare small animals? I'm like, well, we usually just hit him with rocks. I mean, that's yeah, definitely not. People seem to like that. We should probably we should probably say God says spare small animals. I don't know, but um, <laughs> all right, let's really get into it. Let's, let's, let's give the people what they want. Uh, <laughs> more Bible. First uh, <laughs> Samuel twenty one. Um, as we recall from the last time, David and Jonathan made out in a field, and then David yes. has now is now escaping the kingdom of Saul. And good for him because that guy was throwing way too many spears at him. Yeah, um, one or two. But if you throw a third spear, I mean, I, you know what? I, I, I'll say this to the women at home: if your man throws three spears at you, get out of there. Yeah, one is a warning, two is a d- second warning, three is go. <laughs> <laughs> the first and second time he hits you, all right, yeah. give him a chance. But the third time, <laughs> yeah, you have to. Third time, you know, abandon your kid, throw your ring down yeah. the toilet. Fake your death. And then he's throwing them at his son, too. That's a lot. Yeah, man. You know? Bad luck, honestly. Going to be a lot of those coming up. So, um, as David is fleeing Saul, he comes to the city of Nob, funny name, and meets a (laughs) priest named Ahimelech, um, and just kind of rolls up on the scene. And it's kind of interesting, because Ahimelech, the first thing he says, this is the first verse, is afraid when he meets David. He's like, whoa, 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 why are you here all by yourself and no one is with you? Which doesn't make sense because it, it – so 
David's like, whoa, whoa, what are you? Like, I'm looking at literally David, son-in-law to the king, general of yeah. his armies, just here on his own, chilling. Like, David, what the fuck? Well, is, is everything okay? It it does seem bizarre. Um, but what does David do right off the bat? Uh, he he's kind of already established that he's willing to do anything. Uh, yeah, basically lie, cheat, steal, etc. So he says to the guy, "Oh, hey, him like yeah." Uh, King sent me on a mission, um, but it's a secret mission, all right? So I can't tell anyone about it. Uh, but, yeah, I've got all my men ready to meet me at a certain place. Um, can I just, you know, get some bread and be on my way kind of a situation? Right. Um, but it's kind of funny. He's like, yeah, I'm on my own mission. I don't even have – I'm just fucking starving. I'm just a guy all by myself, and I'm on a secret, super secret, top secret mission. I can't tell anyone while I'm here, but I'll <laughs> tell you all about it. You seem like a cool guy. Don't tell anyone else, though. Um well, he's a priest. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Give, me, give me some loaves of no bread secrets. and I can just get out of here. And the priest is like, okay, well, I don't have any, like, just normal bread, which to me seems weird, you know? Like, he's yeah. just like, listen, I don't have any, like, normal bread. I do have some day-old holy bread, you know? Because, as you recall, despite all the famines, these people still put out, like, giant loaves of bread for God. And yeah, just hungry, hungry eyed children staring at us. <laughs> hold on, hold on. It's like it's like I got to give this to God. Bread, They're like, kid. I can see it steaming on that plate there. What are you gonna do with the old bread? They're like, I'm throwing it away. I'm like, what? Do you, what? I want to see the scene in Aladdin again, where he <laughs> takes the bread from the kids and then just goes and gives it to a priest to burn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey man, you 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 need this more. But um, the Thanks priest is like, bread. yeah, I don't have any normal bread, which means like, what is the priest gonna eat? Um, I guess he probably would eat the bread. Who knows? Um. Yeah, I think the priest could eat the question, sacrificial yeah. stuff. But the priest is like, I only have holy bread, but I can only give it to you if you haven't fucked in like a couple of days. <laughs> David, David thinks wistfully of Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, you, uh, well, uh, oh, interesting loophole. <clears throat> he's like, if the young men have least kept themselves from women, they may have the bread. Oh, he's like, good. oh. And he's like, like he's like, he answered the priest, truly, <laughs> women have been kept from us for about three days since I came out. <laughs> And the vessels of the young men are holy, and the bread is in effect common, even though it was consecrated in the vessel this day. So it, it, he's like, yeah, yeah, no, no women, yeah, yeah, they all, they all we, but it may, we obviously have just established that David is by himself, yet he's also like, oh yes, me and my men are all good. Is he like lying about it's that? All, or is I, it just, it's yeah. all over the place. Yeah. I'm guessing he's talking about taking the bread to the men. Um, yeah, these five loaves. Yeah. Because that's a lot of That's bread, like I when guess. I order at Taco I Bell, and I'm like, hey, can I get like five steak quesadillas? They're like, okay. And how many <laughs> drinks? I'm like, just the one. Just one drink. That's <laughs> like, sir. <laughs> that's not enough. Uh, huh. How many people are you feeling? I did this once. I was on a <clears throat> I was on a, a business trip, and I had some extra per diem. <laughs> and I yeah. went to Quiznos. It's my last stop. And I was like, let me get a sandwich here. And then they, they had a sale on a... <laughs> lobster rolls at Quiznos and I was like mm-hmm. well shit I gotta try that so I ordered that too and then like another sandwich just to taste because I had like extra money Good just God. to throw away you know and they're like okay well that'll be three sandwiches I don't think that's sandwiches. how you're supposed to use Perdine <laughs> they're like, they're like okay that. that'll be three sandwiches please and I was like okay and they're like do you want this to go and I was like nope I'll just uh <laughs> just me and these sandwiches that's how I feel about Dave he's like I get five rolls of bread for for me and all my guys and like yeah it's just yeah so many of us as many few as you as I can take, you know so the priest is a cool guy, gives him the bread, and says uh, later that day, don't worry, he replaced it with fresh hot bread, so God wouldn't get hungry. Yeah. Um, but then we learned something. A servant of Saul, a, a man named Dog. Dog. I guess. Dog, Dog the Edomite. 
an Edomite, right? So first off, piece of shit. I thought the Edomites had been handled. <laughs> I thought we wiped out from? the Edomites. Yeah, wasn't there? Yeah. A whole... Who knows? They they wipe people out. They come right back. These people are like cockroaches. So I guess this is maybe also supposed to make Saul look bad. Like that might be why it mentions he's an Edomite. I, I guess that he's Saul would have a chief shepherd who was an Edomite. I guess um, yeah. chief of the herdsmen who belonged to Saul. I wonder. I, I didn't even really realize the connection um, when. The Jews in Egypt, if you recall, they were made head herdsmen. And uh, I don't know if there's any connection to that. That's right, because they had that pasture land. Yeah, um, and they know how to herd sheep or whatever. But um, now Dog and Edomite, I wonder if they were enslaved and made to be herdsmen. Because there was a couple of people who they didn't wipe out, but they were like, all right, well, you're in charge of carrying wood now, you know. Um, oh, yeah. The, uh, I don't think that the was what, Gibeah or whatever? Yeah, yeah that's all. Gibeonites. People. Just random bullshit that never comes up later. But, um. So for whatever reason, Saul's he- chief shepherd is an Edomite. His name is Dog, And let's just note that he is hanging out because that's going to come into play later. He's just lurking. Yeah. Cre- he Very creepy type of guy. Um, and his name is Dog. Dog. And so then David's like, hey, listen, thanks for the bread. It was great. I asked for normal bread. You gave me holy bread. That's pretty cool. Hey, by the way, I um, I was in such a rush. For this super secret mission from Saul that I didn't even bring weapons. Oh, I'm just so fucking goofy. You know, David, forgetful David. You don't happen to have, like, any sword just lying around or a spear, any kind of weapon, just anything? Do you have anything here, you know? And this is where shit gets a little bit ridiculous because the priest goes, you know, actually, now that you mention it, uh, you remember Goliath? (laughs) That guy you killed and decapitated with his own sword? I just happen to have it back here. Do you want you want the sword? He's like, oh my god, yeah, that's exactly what I want. It's perfect. The the greatest sword in the nation, the sword of Goliath. You just happen to have in the back. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah this thing that weighs like two hundred pounds. Uh, yeah. Um, this is weird that they have it. That they're keeping it like as a. Uh, it feels very Catholic to me. How like uh, they get obsessed with you know the spear or whatever that stabbed Jesus. Just like and random, all that shit. random bullshit. Yeah. Uh, something yeah, random like historical weapons. Is the Ark of the Covenant here, or is it still at Kirjoth? Gibeah. I thought it was still a Gibeah. I thought it was too. It doesn't mention it, right? Um, my Bible mentions it, like in the concordance. Oh. Basically saying that it thinks that the Ark is here. Like the bread that they're offering is to the Ark of the Covenant, which doesn't really make too much sense. Um, hmm. And that it's going to come up later when we revisit Ahimelech, spoiler alert. But, um, oh, yeah. It does say that the bread was removed from before the Lord. And replace. So, yeah, yeah, so the, we'll, we'll get to it. I, I have a specific moment where, it, like, basically, to, to me, the Bible is making mention of it to establish a gap that somehow the Ark of the Covenant is going to just show up later at uh, um, Gibeon. So it was at Kir- Kirjoth Jabriya or some shit. What the fuck was it? Yeah, that? yeah. Whatever, we know it. Um, the place that it went after the Philistines. After yeah. the Philistines captured it, it got moved to a place and was placed with two priests. And yeah. that somehow the, it's like, oh yeah, but also the Ark was now in Nob for some reason, even though it's not mentioned at all. And then it's going to show up in Gibeon later without any real explanation of how it got there. So I guess it's just on tour, right? Yeah. Like it's been one band. I, I, guess, I guess the last time we heard of the Ark of the Covenant, it was at Kirjoth. And then the next time we're going to hear about it, it's at Gibeon. But for some reason, my Bible's like, hey, they're mentioning something that could be the Ark of the Covenant at Nob for some reason. So we're just going to like pretend that there's some that the, the Ark is moving around in the background and we yeah. don't really see it. 
It's hip hopping, hopping around. But yeah. anyway, so David's um, like, "Yeah, thanks for the sword. You just keep upselling me, bro. I mean, if I yeah, <laughs> if I ask for some like, shoes, can I get a blowjob? Is that you know, like, yeah? What a deal. What a nice priest. What a nice priest. What a good boy. We get to say that. I, I'm sure God will take care of him. So it says after he's got, so he's got the bread, he's got the Philistine sword, right? And it says that uh, on that day he fled from Saul and went to this dude named Achish, Achish, the king of Gath. And so this guy recognizes David. Um, which is interesting. Uh, well, not not necessarily he does, but his his, uh, his servants. servants. Yeah, and they're like, "Hey, isn't that David, uh, king of the land? Isn't he the one that they sing about in their dances? That Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands? Which you'll remember was kind of a uh, delicate or a, uh, <laughs> a delicate situation. <laughs> you know, yeah, for for Saul, he wasn't he wasn't. That's when it. the sword throwing or the uh, spear throwing started, rather. Yeah. So yeah. Touchy subject, you could say. It is funny that that's what's so famous too. Like Saul's, like like there's just a couple of women in the square being like, I heard Saul's got a micro penis, and like David's really really big now, and he's really good. His oral is untouchable, and Saul's like, man, I really hate that fucking song. And then like <laughs> like 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 a couple of weeks later, David just walking like, isn't that David who's fucking great at oral? And they're like, yeah, I heard that. I heard that. That's, everyone's talking about it. Kind <laughs> of love David. Just a good guy. Um. So, yeah, his his reputation precedes him, that he's a badass, right? He's even – I'm imagining they're seeing him with this Philistine sword. It's got to be huge. It kind of goes with the whole image, right? Right. David uh, finds out that his reputation is preceding him, and I guess he assumes that that could be dangerous to him. So, once <laughs> again uh, – so he had just recently lied to Ahimelech, right, about the fact that he was on a secret mission for Saul – Right. Now he sees that this uh, other kingdom that everyone is going to uh, possibly be afraid of him or want to kill him because he's like politically important. Well, it, it'd be so, like it'd be like it'd be like a Nazi fleeing, and then they're just in Israel, and everyone's like, "Is sure. that Goebbels?" And he's like, "Oh shit, I gotta pretend something." I gotta, I gotta, well, he's not in Israel. He's like, "This is like he." That's went what to I'm Argentina. saying. He's in the enemies. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's in Gath, I know? guess. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. A little, little switcher on there. But, uh, so he shows, yeah, he shows up at Gath, who are, who are the enemies, you're right. And uh, when he gets to the gate, basically, he starts just acting like a crazy person because no one's going to mess with him, right? Right. You don't want to. Brave, um, brave so Sir a, David. Yeah. So he begins to act insane in their presence. And while he was in their hands, act like a madman, making marks on the doors of the gate and letting saliva run down his beard. Yeah, this drooling which, mess, yeah. Yeah. And I like, Good look, David. I, I like that they so they bring David this this screaming madman to the king, and the king. I, I, I love this line. He's like, "What is this?" And they're like, yeah. "You've brought a crazy person into my court. Have I need of a madman that you have brought this fellow into my presence? Shall should, should, this, should this guy live here? Like, did you guys see my home and decide? You know what? Fucking Akish needs a fucking crazy <laughs> guy. That would totally boost the feng shui of the area, the ambiance. Have you? Hey, Akish, have you thought about having a screaming lunatic in your home? And he's like, No. Sounds I mean, like a shitty idea. This is the worst episode of Queer I've ever seen. <laughs> David pulls a fast one on these servants. They think that they've captured a big deal, and they're right. Um, but David basically pulls the, uh, you know, the idiot, the the idiot look off pretty well. And the mm-hmm. king mm-hmm. says, "Get this guy out of my face!" Right. This is like uh, this is like when you're about to get in a fight and you just piss your pants, and they're like, "Oh!" And Ooh, he's like, yeah. "You want to fight a guy covered Start- in piss?" I'm like, "No." I don't want that at all. Start taking your clothes off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're gonna we're gonna uh, go. Yeah, this is like when people accuse you of raping your sister, and you're like, no, no, no. See, I'm addicted to shit play, and you just start rubbing shit all over your dick. Like, see, if it's not like this, I don't get off. I don't. I don't even know what to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? 
I don't know what am I supposed to do with this recording <laughs> besides delete it. Okay, the great. internet's full of some shit, guys. Yeah, thanks. Okay, so that's the end of chapter twenty-one. Can we please keep going? <laughs> Uh, episode, uh, chapter 22. Yeah. David's 400 men. That's a lot of guys. It is a lot of guys. I don't think David can handle all that. Um, so, the king of Gath, Achish, has thrown David out, so fortunately he got out of there and gets to this cave to escape. It's a cave in Judah known as Adjalam. Adjalam. I don't know how to say it. You got it. So, his brothers and his father's household hear about it, and they went down there to check him out. So, basically, the word got... How good of a hideout is this, right? I guess. That your entire family, like extended family, is like, hey, I heard that David's an Adalum. Oh, that secret cave that he's been saying from that secret mission he's on? Like, yeah. That he's hiding in. Let's go join him. (laughs) So, um, basically, everyone uh, goes down and hangs out with David if they're in a bad spot. So, he's very much a rebel commander, right? Um, And he ends up with about 400 guys, just discontented soldiers, uh, people that are having a rough go of it, that are in debt, things like that. Yeah, he, Real rabble. He kind of becomes a, a lighthouse. Bernie Sanders. It, it doesn't really explain it. Yeah, he kind of becomes a lighthouse for the poor and disenfranchised, you know. Um, yeah. He, he has, like, I, I guess you could call it like the David family or something, where he's just like living on this area with a bunch of people, <laughs> and he's like giving it's a like mission the branch, and stuff. a yeah. branch of David people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're kidding. Okay. Uh, you know, and Good. he's just like, like oh, we got to get Sharon Tate or whatever, you know. <laughs> Wait, okay. Oh, I see. So we're hopping. Uh, we're bouncing cool. around, yeah. By the end of it, there's about 400 guys that join him. Yes. It says, from there, David went to Mitzpah in Moab and said to the king of Moab, hey, can you let my mom and dad stay here? So basically, David knows that shit's about to hit the fan, and he doesn't want his family to become like a pawn in the game, right? Right. right. Smart thinking, right? And not, not enough heroes do this in movies. Yeah. Um, it just seems like uh, Alfred Pennyworth is just front center waiting to get his ass kicked, but yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's basically uh, soliciting help from a foreign entity uh, to help him out in this sort of election, if you will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, an interesting bit, and my Bible makes references, is that um, David is part Moabite, his uh, great-grandmother's Ruth. Oh, that's right. So it kind of yeah. makes reason that he's going back to his like old school people. It, it it'd be like to me, it's kind of more analogous to like there's like this young young lad whose great great grandmother was a Native American, you know? Yeah. And then he's like cast out of war. And he's like, I gotta go back to the Sioux people and arm up again, you know? And they're like, we're gonna yeah. teach you the way of corn or whatever, you know? So cool. He's <laughs> going back to, back to his roots. Yeah. But th- let's see. So yeah, because it's not very far removed at all. Jesse's his dad. Jesse's dad is Obed. Obed's parents are Ruth and Boaz. Uh, yeah, Boaz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yes. Yeah, so very, very uh, close to his roots. I would yeah, guess. Yeah, but isn't wasn't there a whole fucking war against Moab? I keep feeling like these people keep getting wiped out, yeah, and then it's not so wiped hard out, to keep track. Back with the Moabites. Yeah. The, the Moabites and the Let's, Ammonites, you, you know, were, you were sworn never to mingle with because they're incestual, and now they're cool again. I don't know, man. Yeah, they have their moments. It's like it's like us and the Taliban. Once we're friends, now we're not friends. Then we'll probably be friends. It's like again. imagine if imagine if someone based like everything you did off of this podcast. It'd be horrible, right? <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> yeah, can't just we can't base everything about the Moabites off the fact that they're the children of incest. <laughs> <laughs> give, them a, give them a chance. They got they got they're, they're multifaceted people. You know, yeah, a lot. To it's them. like uh, it's like this thing I was reading about Pakistani uh, child rape, uh, the practice oh, no. in general. You know. What? <laughs> What is it today? I don't know, but it's called it? it's called Baka Baka's Boaz or something like that. Anyway, 
it's uh it's part of this rabbit hole i was in talking about the uh increase in child grooming going on in the uk and everyone was blaming the pakistanis and then i was like i was like what's that about you know and the pakistanis were like well yeah we 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 have a tradition of raping children and we're gonna we're gonna talk about your info wars usage (laughs) (laughs) my point is is that pakistan uh some of the northern tribes in pakistan have a long-standing tradition that's very historically documented of grooming and keeping male sex slaves like great anyway but when the taliban was taken in pakistan the taliban was like we gotta get rid of all these child like the taliban was fiercely anti-fucking dudes and children and the the u.s was like yeah we're pretty cool with that and then when like they were like but when the u.s was like actually we hate the taliban let's go kill them and the pakistan was like but you're cool with the child rape and the u.s was like i mean my eyes are closed (laughs) (laughs) you just do it over there until a green beret beat one of their captains to like a a pulp recently you know so okay wow it's topical to me it's all topical you should research pakistani child rape no but anyway gonna search that terms all right Please, will you pick us back up? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, uh, so also while he's there, the prophet Gad said to David, hey, you got to get out of here. Go to Judah. So David does that and goes to Hereth, the forest yes. of Hereth. Which is weird because Adullam, where he started, the cave, right before right. his family came to him, is in Judah. Oh, so, so he's like, he's yeah. going back. I guess to- he left when he went to Moab, so that makes sense. But he's upgraded. Um, he was in a cave and now he's in a forest. Yeah cool yeah. so he's like robin hood now um, he's moving on up he was in the ghetto now oh with little the- john whoa <laughs> this is heavy it was okay. a lot yeah, yeah yeah um so basically saul finds out that david is back on the map right and saul wants to throw some spears i'm guessing yeah <laughs> oh wait yeah and saul spear in hand under right. the tamarisk tree uh at the hill of gibeah with all of his officials standing around him he's like all right he goes to his boys. Now, do we remember who Saul was a descendant of? A prickly bunch of group of people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that Saul's yeah. constantly just molesting this spear, and he's like, when is my son going to take it in my footsteps? Son, don't you want to molest spears all day long? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, kind of. Um, so basically, I see Saul here as a uh, – he's like, you know what? I got to go back to my roots, right? David's going off and – Hiding his family in Moab. I'm right. going to go get my old cursed Benjamite boys. So he goes to all of them. And he's like, all right, are you ready to kick some ass? It, um, the, the story of Saul and the Benjamites is kind of interesting. Because when we talked about them in Judges, the Benjamites were a cursed, minor, shitty fucking tribe that was basically yes. cast aside. Samuel yeah. rose Saul up and the rest of the Benjamites with him. Like, yes, you were basically destroyed. And now you're king of all of Israel. Yeah, you're back, baby. And Saul's basically yelling at his peeps, like, guys, you are fucking this up. Like, we are the Benjamites. I have made us golden. We're a small fucking tribe. And all the riches and, you know, the the vineyards and all the things that I've given you, it's only because of me. And you're still screwing me over. Like, how could you guys not tell me that my son was basically boning David, you know, spiritually? Not in a sure. Way, yeah, like, why? Why? Why did he let this happen? You know, um, he's blaming he's blaming you know his bad parenting basically on his uh, community, yeah. which is a real weak ass he, move. He's like all these servants who should owe everything to me, um, 
and I've it's, made them captains and vineyards. You guys were fucking yeah, nothing. I made, I made you guys a big deal. Yeah, and you're hiding from me that my son Jesse made a covenant with David. You're hiding that like David fled. All this shit. Like you, you guys suck. Um, yeah, and then kind of coming in like some kind of weird hunchback in the demon in the dungeons character. Dove just happens yeah, to be there. Very warm tongue, and he's like, ah, yeah. "I saw David." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, he's like the. Uh, He's like whenever Jafar turned into the old man yeah. and went into the jail with Aladdin. <laughs> like I, I think what we're saying is that Saul has officially kind of cracked, and he can't even trust his own men. So now he's going to Dog, a cursed Edomite, and is yeah. like, all right, if, if could just one guy have my side? Could just one guy have my fucking back on this? And he's like, I'm Dog, the Edomite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're an Edomite, you got to take any opportunity you can to like better yourself, yeah, right? You know, I mean, you're in, you're part of the oppressed class. He's a marginalized um, minority. He's got to do what it takes. Yeah. Absolutely. Real Uncle Doge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Doge comes to him and says, hey, just so you know, Ahimelech has been uh, helping out David, uh, right? He gave him he gave him bread. He gave him the sword. And I, do you think that Doge and Ahimelech like, have some bad blood, I'm guessing? Like, why is he being such a I mean, Doge is dick. a fucking snitch, but I, I don't know. Yeah, the first thing he does, he's like, he goes, he's like, I heard Ahimelech was doing some shit. He was helping out David. And but he didn't hear. He was there, he was which there. means that he should know that David lied. It's not Ahimelech's fault, you know? Well, he, he specifically says, at least in my Bible, the New King James, um, I saw the son of Jesse going to Nob to Ahimelech, the son of Atub, and he inquired of the Lord for him, gave him provisions, and gave him the sword of Goliath the Philistine. So, yeah, yeah he seems pretty yeah, well informed. I, yeah, but if Doug was there, shouldn't he have also known that David is going around lying and being like, oh, you know... That David was there on false pretenses, and that Ahimelech didn't know that. I guess, but I think we also agree that Dog. We're going to see, but I think Dog is looking for an opportunity for uh, just to propel himself to propel, into. Yeah, he's looking for career yeah. advancement. So okay, that's taking a priest of the Lord and throwing him under the bus probably helps Dog in some small way. I guess. It always does. Yeah, it's great to do. That's been that's been my entire career. Right. Um. So Saul, hearing this news, of course, sends for Ahimelech and saying. Hey, uh, listen, son of Ahitub, what's the deal? Why are you conspiring against me? So it's starting to feel like Saul is getting very paranoid. Right. He right? calls uh, Ahimelech and all his father's house, all the priests that were in Nob, they all came to the king. So he's having a giant uh, uh, audience with all yeah. the priests of Nob. Yes. Uh, Ahimelech is on trial sort of with in front of these guys. And, and, and Saul's kind of like, hey, uh, uh, Ahimelech, come here. Why have you conspired against me? You helped out basically my sworn enemy, the son of Jesse, whom everyone knows I hate. I fucking hate that guy. I've told, well, I guess I've told my closest friends and my son, <laughs> and there was a whole big thing That's a couple chapters earlier where everyone was like, I've not heard that. I've not heard anything about that. So I thought this this grand secret of how I'm in a secret war with David, how did you not know about that? <laughs> and, and he specifically describes David as having rebelled against him, which really yeah. isn't the case, I, I wouldn't say. And I mean, and I like that uh, Ahimelech's basic stance is like, I thought, are you guys not friends? I thought David was like yeah. your best bud. Like, what's this shit? Uh, the yeah, guy like, that, you literally give him every job. I I, uh, I I helped him out as much as I thought. I you know He said he was on a secret mission for you. I gave him the sword from the time he saved Israel. Is that not... Is this not cool? This is not a thing to do. And so Saul, with a, a measure of rationality and logic, replies to Ahimelech, 
you will surely die, you <laughs> and your whole family. <laughs> yeah, you fucked up. Uh, but yeah, but essentially Ahimelech's argument is, hey, I thought you and David were cool. He lied to me, told me he was working for you. And everything that I've done thus far, I've done as a faithful servant with only the information that I was provided. You know, I've not done anything maliciously to you. And Saul's like, mm, still going to kill you. Um, yeah, I'm going to kill you. And then, in fact, he turns to the guards and says, kill all the priests and butcher them. Basically, butcher these guys wholesale. Sure, they're the men of God. They're very important to us doing anything, apparently. But we're going to butcher them um, because they have all uh, conspired against me. And, and his his charges that they sided with David, even knowing that he was fleeing, which just doesn't seem to be based in reality. It's kind of a – I think I think we're getting to like the point that I think is the – a metaphorical climax of this story is sure, that that Saul's going full crazy. Saul has now gone full crazy. Okay, I, yes, you guys have every excuse. Yes, you weren't actually conspiring to get me, but I don't give a fuck. I want to eradicate the priests. And he tells yeah. his men, "Go kill all those priests." And his men are like, "Ah, you want us to wage a holy war against God?" Uh, pass, hard pass. We're just good. We're, you know what? I, I, I draw the line. I helped you kill all those women and children in uh, Amalek, but this is this. I'm not gonna kill a priest, you know. Um, now the king's officials are like, no, 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 like, like Cole said, right? They're not up for this task. But who is? Who's <laughs> always Saul's go-to guy? None other than Dog the Edomite. <laughs> yeah, he, so he goes to Dog. You turn and kill the priest. So Dog the Edomite's like, hey, man, I'll fucking do this all day of the week. And struck the priest and killed on that day 85 men who wore linen Hell ephod. Yeah. <laughs> so he just turns. What do you think he's using here? Like, I feel like a, feel like a rock. Oh, yeah. Maybe. I'm assuming. He's a, a shepherd. I'm assuming a, uh, if, if I was a shepherd, it'd be a stick wrapped in barbed wire. And I just <laughs> okay. I think he probably had that on him. He just carries it with him everywhere. Uh, yeah. Probably a stick. So, so uh, Dog the Edomite puts uh, eighty-five priests to sleep with his kind staff, and then he goes to Nob. Uh, Dog, ever the overachiever, then goes to Nob, the city of the priests, and killed all the men, women, children, infants, oxen, and donkeys and sheep with the edge of the sword. This is a real John Wick uh, shepherd situation. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, God damn, that shepherd was a fucking. Uh, I am so glad I'm on Dog's side. <laughs> I didn't even. I did not kill him to kill. Tell him to kill the entire city of Nob. Even that even was- <laughs> even Levi and Simeon needed a fucking partner and the and a sneaky circumcision ploy to kill a whole city, but Dog just he's on it. Yeah, but Dog also kind of sucks because who should escape? But one of Ahimelech's sons, a boy named Abiathar. You gotta, you gotta have an eye for detail when you wipe out a city. Yes, not one can survive because what does Abiathar do? He runs to David to tell him what Saul had done. Right. So David's a very righteous man. Obviously, not thrilled to hear that Saul had just ordered the killing of all the priests. That's how you know the Edomites aren't true Semites. You know, because when Israel rolls into town, they don't even know survivors. That's true. If they're That's if they're good, good boys, like you know, this is just sloppy. This is just sloppy. If he had God's blessing, he would have get all the kids. Yes, he would have wiped them out completely. Right. That's how you know God's not on his side. There were survivors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Abiathar runs back to David and tells him, "Okay, uh, Saul has killed all the Lord's priests." And this is kind of an interesting. Yes. So David hears this and goes i knew that day when dog the edomite was there that he would surely tell saul i have caused the death of all the persons of your father's house like he recognizes like yeah i kind of 
might have some small part to play in this. I wonder if lying to that priest and fleeing from the king would have put my co-conspirators in danger, but it seems like it might have gotten a little out of hand. I thought he might get a slap on the wrist, you know. I thought I could Yeah. I thought I could turn to the priest and it'd be cool, but uh, Saul's a fucking maniac, you know. So this is an interesting bit of information because now we know the Dog the Edomite wasn't there as some low key figure happened to like catch an eye full of David, you know, getting supplies from the from the temple. Dog is famous, apparently. I mean, I guess he is the chief sheeper, so David would know who this guy is. Yeah. Knew he was there, knew he was a friend of Saul's. Yeah. Um, a loyal servant, presumably. So that makes what David did seem pretty reckless. Not great. I think I think I think a consistent thing we've seen is people underestimating Saul. I, I don't think people realize how crazy he is. Like whenever, whenever they was like, say like, how cruel, yeah. maybe, but not like, they're like competent. They're like, they're like ah, I think Saul's trying to kill Dave, and they're like, probably not that badly. Though. He's probably I mean a little bit. He threw a couple of spears at him. He's just goofing, you know. And they're like, I think yeah. Saul might really Boys hate David. It's like he wouldn't wipe out a whole city to kill David. They're like, no, he's a good guy. You know, surprise, surprise. You know, but uh, it seems to be. I think we're getting more of an understanding of what Saul's capable of. Yeah. No, he'll he'll get at it. But yeah, I guess he would know Doug. I, I, I think I think there's a lot of uh, lots of interesting bit. Uh, anyway, and and the last little bit is he t- David tells Abiathar, okay, I, I fucked up a little bit. I didn't realize what would happen. Um, you know, I, I take responsibility for all those deaths. I, I thought it was cool, but apparently not. Um, stay with me. And he basically yeah, takes- and he brings Abiathar on like a young Robin. Right, he's like you're an orphan now because of me. Yeah, uh, you want to hang out? Yeah, if you're into that shit, <laughs> I can teach you how to do like kung fu you and are, yeah. stuff. <laughs> want to learn how to build a? T- Have a sweet cave we can hang out. <laughs> you ever been to Pakistan? <laughs> uh, all right, that's as far uh, as Samuel's we'll Alfred. Nice. Okay. Uh, anyway, so that'll be um, that'll be as far as we get in this episode. That's it. Yeah. So that's through. That's twenty-one and twenty-two. About the end of this arc. Another two chapters of First Samuel down. But yeah, my Bible specifically states that the destruction of Nob and its priest required the movement of the tabernacle from there to Gibeon, which is where it next appears. But it's like, yeah, the the the, ta- the tabernacle had to leave Gibeon and go somewhere else. And I was like, well, you know what? I wonder, I probably wish we'd done research and we'll probably do this in the recap. Let's make a note. Sure. Because okay. my Bible specifically saying it's the tabernacle. So maybe the Ark is still in Kirjath, and I'm just getting confused, well, and the tabernacles in Nob. Was Nob ever mentioned as like, hey, this is where we're putting no. the tabernacle? No, Could- but and also I don't think the tabernacle goes around with – I think it's part of the Ark. Like it's part of the package. Well, the Ark was captured by the Philistines and then taken and then kind of went on its own way and then got taken to Kirjath. Now, the Ark and the tabernacle are supposed to be a team. Yeah, so I'd imagine they got it back to the tabernacle yeah. once they got it back. It'd be like putting food out at the doghouse if the dog's been missing for years. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. Fuck's oh, all someone's this? doing that. Yeah. Someone that listens to this show probably does that. <laughs> yeah, really like, like the, the, the thing you're feeding is gone, you know, but if it makes you feel better to keep putting bread out, I guess that's fine. Might as well. Might as well. So, yeah, um, it is a little hard to tell exactly what the situation is with the, with the arc. And I feel like that's probably because. Um, this is this is a, a time period that's really tumultuous for them, right? It's a it's the kickoff of their civil war, you know. So maybe that's why it's hard for them to track little details like that. I don't, yeah, know. I don't know. I got um, the world is asunder for them. Yeah, I'm looking at a, a map here, and it doesn't really make sense. So uh, 
Okay, with all the different, with all the the different, different cities. cities. Yeah, I don't know where... Were they in Bethlehem? That's where Saul kind of holds court? Uh, I think so. Because if, if that's true, I mean, it doesn't really matter. But if that's true, then uh, then David is all over the place. Because Rama's to the north. Uh, Nob is to the north. Uh, Adulam is to the southwest of Bethlehem. Um and then he and then he's like going to Hebron, which is in Judah, which is even farther south of there. But Gath is like far to the west, like almost on the bank in Philistia. I mean, to be fair, I feel like none of these distances are really that great, though. Like Israel is a pretty small area. Uh, I don't think it's like you know these could be like distance. a couple. This could be like a week or two ride or something. But I guess if I was fleeing the deal. king of Israel, I'd probably yeah. I, I'd, you got to bob and weave and yeah, stuff. He's all you over know? the place though. Yeah, yeah. Don't get caught. Yeah, but I don't know. This is uh It's funny how this is. Uh, just we're seeing Saul devolve right from a uh, great leader, tall, handsome, got it all, got it all. You know, the moment God turns his back, suddenly he's like a raving lunatic and slaughtering uh, entire groups of priests. Which, I mean, I feel like God did betray Saul first, which makes you know slaughtering the priests totally. I think open it's. Game, I right? think it's kind it's God's of people. interesting. That I feel like when I talk to people about the Bible or apologetics and stuff, yeah. they essentially say that anytime God does anything, by the very nature of that it's God's actions, it's justified. God has killed yeah. a shit ton of priests. I've heard that. It's kind of like, well, Saul's doing that on a smaller scale. They're like, yeah, well, Saul doesn't have that authority. Saul's obviously immoral. Obviously, this is an evil maniac person killing priests. I'm like, well, so. How is it okay when God does it? Like, oh well, he's obviously he was passing judgment on them for their evil, wicked ways. Like, hey, sure, yes, the fuck. All right. It's <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, the double standards. I mean, God killed two people for lighting fire at the yeah, wrong time. No, of the the day, double yeah. standards are running wild as usual. I don't think that's new. Right. Um, anything else on uh, this episode kind of you want to touch on? No, that's it. Uh, kind of a short ep. I mean, I think I think naturally the 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 next arc is kind of. Uh, yeah. This is a natural stopping point for this arc, no. for this episode. I don't think we have time to go forward or it'll, it'll be a change of time. But uh, 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 yeah, that, that'll be good. It's um, it's interesting. I mean, again, as we kind of mentioned in the beginning of the episode, like we're really kind of hearing David's kind of deal. Like He's all over the place. You know, Saul's kind of nervous. He's anxious. He's like fucking hating on his own people, you know. I, I think I think it's a much more interesting and politically complex story. For real, there's a lot more intrigue going on. Um, it's we're opening up in sort of like a Game of Thrones, right? Literally, this is they're fighting over a throne for the crown of Israel. Um, I mean, I don't know if David's even fighting. He's just like, "Hey, uh, I'm just here." You know, <laughs> the guy poured oil on me. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, David's just kind of like uh, running through the woods. Like I just wanted to make yeah. with, Jeff, with Jonathan, uh, and now he's just in the woods, just collecting a bunch of vagabonds. Just not really a part of any. Uh, yeah. That's right. I feel like Saul kind of started as like a Joan of Arc character, and it's kind of turned into a Saddam Hussein type. Yeah. Don't they all start that way? <laughs> <laughs> it's the Rolls. natural progression, you know. Yeah, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, oh. young, right, right, Saddam right, Hussein right. back in the day. <laughs> and then you, and then you, and then you cut their cameo in Home Alone too, and then the gloves <laughs> are off. <laughs> um, if you don't already, follow us on Twitter at a Revelations. If you want to send us an email, you can do that at revelationspodcast at gmail.com. And if you don't have a New Year's resolution yet, let it be this. You're going to learn more about the Bible 
but not the old-fashioned way. Do it the new-fashioned way with your fellas, fellas at the Revelations Podcast. <laughs>